0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki and you listen listening to the Mavs Step Back podcast.
1: Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning, ball in the airline center, we about to get litty. Luka carrying a torch, Border jumped up off the porch, how you reckon with his force, third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth, look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas, airline serving, that's the palace, young team, and it's full of talent, won revenge, we accept the challenge, Luka carrying a legacy, what it take to be an MVP, being great, know it cost a fee, know it really, really ain't that hard to see, hold on wait, silence the critics cause they never did it, Pass out Jordan I ain't woke up the city, map shooting hot like we straight out the chimney, go back to Batman I'm calling them Drizzy, more triple doubles I'm waiting on 50, step back smoother you know it's so filthy, if I get down on my team gonna lift me, Rap the map, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back, no, we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back, like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode
2: of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague Matt Galatson. This is this is kind of kind of an emergency pod. It's a delayed emergency pod. We tried to do it earlier. It just wasn't in the uh, it wasn't in the cards because of the connection issues and everything. But we're here now. We have stuff to talk about, Matt, because Donnie Nelson's out. He's gone. There's no more Donnie Nelson with the Dallas Mavericks, you know, 23, 24 years, and it's time for something new now. Uh, we had that report that came out from uh, T- Tim Cato and the Athletic the other day, and uh, talking about how uh, Bob Vulgaris is basically a shadow GM and all this drama that's going on in the Mavs front office. and. Uh, a lot of people gave him crap over that, and then sure enough, <laughs> a day or two later, uh, here we have it: that uh, the Donny Nelson and the Mavs are splitting. So uh, it's crazy, man. I, I still, I'm still kind of shook from it. I mean, we kind of expected something to happen. We knew something needed to happen, but I mean, I don't think we, I don't think we expected Mark Cuban to actually go through with this. So it's kind of crazy to think about. But, I mean, what, what what were your thoughts today when that news dropped? Well, I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago uh, as, an, as a
3: reaction to the playoffs um, that something like this needed to happen. Um, I mean, like you said, it wasn't exactly something that I expected necessarily, uh, this exact scenario. But, hey, look, I mean, they're a complete mess. They needed something to change and, you know, nothing gets that process started quicker than getting a new GM. And um, I'm a little concerned about the direction that they seem to be taking in the search um, just based on what we heard earlier today. But um, for right now, all we can do is take it as good news that they're, they're heading in a new direction. I mean, look, I I respect the hell out of Donnie and everything he did over the last 23 years or whatever, but um, you know, Sometimes these things, it's just time to it's just time for these things to come to an
2: end, and um, that's what happened today. Yeah, Donnie, he's a friend of the pod. He, it seems like, I think the last two seasons he he's agreed to come on and talk with us right before the trade deadline and right before the draft and everything. So super nice guy. He was a friend of the pod. I I've never had the only time I've ever really like truly been mad at Donnie was last week after the, the exit interviews where, you know, he basically said that Luca needed to mature and, uh, you know, get his teammates more involved and everything. So I, I didn't like that. A lot of fans didn't like that. I don't know if I'm that helped I'm still happened. mad about that. Yeah. I mean, it was just It was just such a ludicrous thing to even say. It was almost like he kind of knew what was coming, and it was almost like a defense of his roster construction or something uh looking back on it i don't know that's just kind of what it felt like but i mean yeah it's a it's time for a change it's time for a, a fresh breath of air uh get somebody new in there like you said last week matt get some new blood in there uh get some new ideas and you know see where it goes from there i know uh and christian in the chat here he said that marcus spears uh, piece was on Luka was ridiculous, and I I agree with that. I mean, just because they haven't come up with a, an agreement on an extension yet, well, one they can't do that until the season's over per CBA <laughs> CBA rules, uh, so that's one reason why they're they're not doing it yet. Uh, two, Luca is over in Slovenia right now, getting ready for national team ball, uh, so you know he's not gonna he's not gonna be focused on that right now anyway he's trying to do the best he can do for his national team and i mean there's not going to be any talks to it anyway they're going to offer they're going to offer luca 200 uh 200 million dollar max rookie extension and luca's going to accept it i mean that's all there is to it (laughs) right he already said he's going to do it yeah he already said he's going to do it he said what do you think (laughs) this guy i mean look i get it he's he's made um the All-NBA First Team two years in a row now. But, I mean, he's still coming off of a rookie contract. He's not going to turn down $200 million uh, on his rookie extension. It would be unprecedented. Nobody nobody has done that. So it would be a first if he did, but he's not going to. So, <laughs> Well, I guess my next question for you, Matt, is we touched on it a little bit last week. One of our uh, listeners, I think it was uh, Jesse, who came on here and said that he had heard from Toronto people that they were worried that Mark Cuban was going to go out and just throw a ton of money at Masai Ujiri. And uh, I was I was thinking at the time, like, well, I mean, that would be ideal if something does happen, but we didn't actually think that they'd go through with it and, uh, you know, have Donnie out the door by this point. Well, now it's happened, and now you're, we're really thinking, like, man, are they going to do this or what? But like you said, they've hired some firm to basically – I don't know how that works, but it made me think that they're just going to go through like a ton of names and everything, and it might be somebody that we don't even know that well. But I, I would love to have you, Jerry. Uh, so just uh, – oh, hold on just a second. Uh, Taylor in the chat said uh, – "He." Uh, Brad Townsend just tweeted, I'm told reports of Luka Doncic being upset about Donny Nelson's parting ways with the Mavericks aren't based on conversations anyone's had with Doncic because he hasn't shared such feelings. <laughs> so that's basically exactly what we thought it was from uh, from Spears. I mean, uh, there's nothing coming from Luka himself, and there's no way that you know Spears would have that information. So,
3: yeah, I mean, I don't know. We were talking about this earlier when he was. Talking about the extension, there's, there's no, there's no, um, there's no background to any of this. I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. There's no way he can start the extension talks until, you know, the season's over. He's not going to sign the extension until August sixth,
2: like Fish said on the fan earlier today. Yeah, but, I mean, look, look, I mean, Luca. Let me th- Look, Luca. he wants to win, Matt. I mean, everybody knows this. That's the biggest thing. I mean, yeah, he was upset when the Mavs didn't bring back J.J. Barea, too. But, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do to put your franchise in the best position possible. So, I mean, I'm sure he – I'm sure, like, the rest of us, he liked Donnie. You know, like me and you. He probably – he liked Donnie, and, you know, it's kind of sad in a way because it's been so long, and there's a lot of history there, and he he's the – You know, he got Luca and Dirk back in the day, but you know, it's just time for something new, and I think Luca will be fine with it going forward. So, all right, so we've kind of gotten our thoughts out there in the first little bit of this. I thought I had some speaker requests, but they are not showing up. Let me see. Okay, Brian. Brian, what's up, man? How you doing? How you doing? Oh, guys, what a week. What a Woo! freaking week.
4: <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's funny, Dalton, because I, I feel like you and I and Kirk have been in several rooms kind of throughout the year, and I think I've been a proprietor of uh, my Donnie Nelson needs to go stick, and Kirk would just politely just poke fun at me and said, Brian, come on, come on, that's not happening. He's, he's a maverick for life, and uh, apparently that's not the case, and I'm still trying to really take it in. I, again, it, it's not a pleasant thing to see someone get fired from a job. It's not. I, I think I've had enough time to really think about the good that Donnie has done. I mean, you know, we're we'll always thinking for Dirk. Uh, he was able to get for Luca, but yeah, I think you almost have to take everything, all the good things he did, and kind of part it to the side and look at the things that he hasn't done in the past. I mean, I, I don't even say you have to go even, um, you know, from 11 to 15. But look at the last four to five years where he hasn't – the things he hasn't done. Because there's been other GMs out there that have been so freaking creative. Look what Daryl Morey did in about five minutes as soon as he went to Philadelphia. And I understand, like, the the finagling of contracts and picks is very tricky. But that kind of showed me – I I was just – my head exploded because that showed me you can do something it's either you're you have a vision that's not the right way to go or we just really need to get a new pair of eyes in there and sometimes that's okay sometimes that's really okay um you know whether how much you want to think of like bob in the kitchen with donnie affected his contribution it's hard to really say i don't know but he's i still feel like he still has enough blame where it, it i feel like the move for him to move on was justified.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, Matt and I talked
4: about it in the last, I
2: think last week and in the pod before last, but free agency alone, you know, Donnie's done some good stuff and he's had a, you know, a couple good trades and uh, he identified Luca at a, you know, probably before anybody else at a super young age. Uh, But by the time it, Came draft time. I mean, people should have known <laughs> this guy is amazing. We probably need to go out and draft this guy. The Kings and Suns thought differently, but you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't that hard. I was going back through the other day and I was looking at all these pre twenty eighteen draft tweets from just a lot of people with Mav Twitter, and for the most part, we were all on the same page about Luka. It's just like, yeah, go get this guy, whatever it takes. Go get him. It wasn't like it was a hard decision or anything. So, I mean, yeah, you give him credit for, for getting uh, KP. I mean, not KP, for Luca, And you give him credit for, like, the KP trade because at the time that was a good trade. There's really nothing that they gave away that's hurting them uh, right now. And it doesn't really, I don't, in my opinion, I don't think anything's going to end up hurting them from that trade going forward. But just the free agency failures alone over the last two decades... You know, that, that alone should have put him on the hot seat probably before even now. <laughs> if it was any other GM in the league that didn't have, you know, the relationship that Cuban and Donnie had, uh, they would have been on the hot seat well before now. So it's a it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. And with this being such a pivotal offseason like we've talked about, uh, you know, Cuban and, and the rest of the organization, they've, apparently felt like it was time to make a new uh, a new move. You know, part ways with Donnie Nelson, get somebody new in there, maybe somebody that, uh, I don't know, maybe free agents like better. I, I don't know what the thinking is behind it, but uh, hopefully it does help out the Mavs this offseason. But, uh I mean, Matt, well, what do you think about what Brian had to say there?
3: Well, the, the, the stuff about um... – you know, giving credit where credit is due for finding Luca. I know I was, you know, I've been pretty outspoken about the whole thing about, you know, um, let's not give Donnie credit for finding the European version of LeBron James, the best draft prospect in 15 years. But in some conversations I've had today with the fish, he kind of made a good point. And that is that, um, you know, Donnie didn't find Luka. Donnie, Donnie didn't find Giannis. What he did was develop relationships with those guys and put Dallas in, in position to get them. And maybe through his development, uh, the development of his relationship with Luca, he convinced Luca to and Luca's people to tell the Suns and tell the Kings, do not draft me. I want to go to Dallas. And that is the backbone of how Dallas got Luca. And if that is indeed the case, I don't, you know, we don't have evidence that that's exactly what happened. We don't have, you know, um, anything pointing to that necessarily. But if that's the case, and I, you know, based on the people that fish know, I kind of tend to agree with what he's saying here. Then that is credit you should give Donnie for sure. Now, you also kind of can't give him any more credit than that, though, because in the last ten years they've won exactly zero playoff series. In the last 10 years, they've signed exactly zero impact free agents. So there's a give and take there. But as far as the Lucas stuff, upon further you know review, maybe he does deserve a little bit more credit than we are giving him. But that's just, you know.
2: Yeah, and I mean, he's always been a great international scout. I mean, one thing that we tend to forget about, and I, I know it's fresh on everybody's minds when I when I bring it up, but we don't think about it enough, is like, you know, he was banging the table to draft Giannis in 2013. And then Cuban just overruled him. <laughs> and, and just to save, like, what what was it, like $250,000 or something crazy like that?
1: Passing Shane Giannis. Larkin.
2: Yeah, to get Shane Larkin and then chase Dwight Howard in free agency. Oh, man, that was just such a mess. Uh, but, you know, if that happens, then maybe you don't have, Luka by this point but the point is you know Donnie he has a good eye for talent uh especially international talent but when it comes to other guys just NBA free agents he apparently doesn't have that that kind of I don't know there's just not that kind of appeal with him I guess with uh persuading guys to to come to Dallas but then again you look at Cuban and, you know, that you have prime Darren Williams in 2013. Uh, prime Darren Williams in 2013 saying that he was prepared to sign with the Mavs, or maybe it was 2012. Uh, but Mark Cuban didn't come to the meeting because of a Shark Tank thing. <laughs> so he decided to stay in Brooklyn. So, you know, I'm kind of – I'm kind of talking myself. You know, I'm glad that the Mavs are going to get some new blood in there and they're going to get some new ideas and it's a fresh start and everything. But it's kind of like our buddy Kirk wrote on uh, Mavs Moneyball and guys, it, it's a it's a very well written piece. I encourage you all to go read it. But he was basically just saying that, you know, man, we we have too much Mark Cuban right now, uh, and he he lists all the incidents that Cuban has been a part of over the last decade plus and once you read that list of all the stuff he has done it's just like it just like blows your mind like man i remember all this happening at the time but i didn't realize just how much it is so whoever they end up hiring as the next gm and uh, or the next president of basketball ops i think cuban needs to just take a back seat more than what he has because if he's going to have his hands in the basketball operations part of it then, I mean, what are you doing? You may have a, the new GM, the new president uh, have some great ideas, and then Cuban looking at it and like, ah, no, I don't think so. You know, I'm smarter than that. We're not doing that. Well, what, what are you accomplishing at that point? So that's the thing. I, I'm excited about the, the future, but then I'm also looking at things that happened in the past, and I'm like, man, you know, Cuban was part of that too. <laughs> but, yeah, like somebody, but like somebody in the chat just mentioned, Cuban isn't going to fire himself, so.
3: Yeah, let's let's not sit here and pretend that Cuban isn't the biggest problem with the Mavs organization as far as as far as um, roster building, because he is the final decision maker. We've you know we've known that for a while now. He's the one that that has the final say on everything. Now there's the stuff from the Cato report about well, Garris, um making the calls on like Josh Green and Tyrell Terry and some other roster moves that the Mavs have made over the last couple of years. And that is extremely troubling to me because this is the same guy who said Clay Thompson was an okay basketball player and, the, and that he would trade him for Kevin Love a few years ago on the Bill Simmons show. So, Yikes. Uh, so, I mean, that's if, if that's the guy that you're hiring to make the decisions on your roster, you know, that's on Cuban too. Um, now, Kevin O'Connor came out earlier today on this same app actually and said that, um, you know, he heard that Bob was on his way out too Um, and we'll see if that's actually the case but um, there have been conflicting reports there so we won't really know If, if the Mavericks really want a clean slate though what they're going to have to do is hire the new GM let Bob walk and Cuban has to take a step back so I mean there's a lot of things that have to happen here this is just the first of many steps in the
0: direction that they need to take
5: you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as J.J. does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Yeah, and and by the way, guys, uh, Nick was kind enough to drop that link to that Mavs Moneyball piece I was telling you all about. Uh, that our buddy Kirk wrote on Cuban. Y'all definitely need to go check that out. It's it's very well written, and I mean, it's it's harsh, but it's fair. Uh, he was very fair when writing that. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't know where they go from here. Like I said, if it was my choice, I would go after Masai Ujiri. I would throw him a bag. He's the president and the GM in Toronto, and, you know, his family's there, and you know, people have tried to lure him away before, and it just hasn't happened. But hey, maybe having uh, a two-time All NBA first-team guy that's 22 years old uh, has this whole entire career ahead of him. Uh, maybe he looks at that and says, "Man, yeah, it's not. It wouldn't be that hard for me to be- build a contender around him." And maybe, maybe he could accept it. I don't know. I mean, I don't know his thought process on that, but. Uh, it sure would make me excited if you know that's in the news the next couple of days. Could I
4: throw something out to you guys real quick if you don't mind? Dalton? Yeah, so
2: go like ahead. With uh,
4: with uh, Masai, right? So the, he was able to basically, win. I know, like circumstances aside, he was able to actually build a championship team essentially, and he he had a solid team. Then then they acquired Kawhi, right? So you already have the superstar. I bet he, if he came here, he would look at this roster and just like, oh, I got this. Like, let's well, let's get this guy here. Like, we got a couple pieces. That's good. So he doesn't even really have to do the hard work. We already have the superstar. He has to just kind of just plug holes in smaller places and find the right parts. I feel like if he looked at it and if we everybody really looked at and approached it like that, it'd be like, wow, he could really come in and clean house really quick, and maybe we're winning a couple of playoff series next year.
3: Yeah, I mean that's that's certainly a possibility. I mean, you're right. The the hardest part of team building is finding that superstar, and once you can do that, you know everything else is is a little bit easier. I think the the issue, the b- other biggest issue they have, is that they kind of got screwed in the KP trade. On paper, when it happened, it was it was a no brainer, right? Um, they get one of the best. On paper, talents in the NBA, and Porzingis, they get off those those bad contracts. They give up draft picks that, um, you know, I was I heard Jonathan Sharks talking about this earlier on Bill Simmons' podcast. I mean, those you made a good point. Those um, those draft picks for almost any other team are valuable, but for the Mavericks, they don't develop young talent. They don't draft well for the most part, so those picks aren't as valuable to the Mavs as, as they are to other franchises. So, in that sense, like they, they still, but they, you know, they they still have the KP contract to wrestle with. They still have other things that they have to, to figure out before they can really build this roster where they want it to be. And I think that's their biggest obstacle.
1: Yeah. Sorry,
2: that, sorry, oh, yes. sorry about that. Hey, I was just going to tell everybody, I just put it in the chat too, but. Uh, for some reason, the speaker requests aren't showing up like it, it shows that there is a request. And then when I hit on the button, it doesn't show anybody. So if, if you did want to talk, just put it there in the chat and I'll just I'll bring you up that way. So uh, next up, we have return guest Christian. What's up, man? How are you feeling after today?
6: Oh, man, I got it, it's like so many emotions, right? Because this is what needed to happen. Um, but I'm also, you know, so I'm happy in that sense, but I'm also a bit anxious because this is such a pivotal hire just because of the Luca situation that, uh, you know, really he, we have to get this right. If that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is one, I, we can't stress it enough. It's like, we've been just pounding the table the last couple of weeks and really throughout the season but this is uh, the way they botched 2019 free agency and i know P- everybody tries to say oh well they their options were limited no they weren't not in 2019 i mean yeah last offseason they had limited options but uh in 2019 they had so many different ways they could have gone they had so they had a bunch of money to blow and they decided not You know they could have traded for Goran Dragic. Sorry, Matt. Uh, (laughs) Every podcast now you have to bring that shit up. Yeah, that that Mark Stein tweet resurfaced on my on my timeline uh, yesterday, and it made Matt sad. But you know they could have traded for him uh, two years ago, and it would have been a great trade for them. And they decided not to do it to save the cap space for that 2019. Free agency period. And then they ended up with Seth Curry, DeLon Wright, and Bobon. And now Bobon is the only one on the team uh, from those three guys they got that summer. And, you know, they traded Seth Curry, one of the best offensive players in NBA history, efficiency wise, uh, for Josh Richardson, who was just an absolute disaster. And he's probably like very, I say he's probably guaranteed to opt in and he's on a $10 million expiring. So I don't think he'd be like, I don't think it'd be super hard to trade if that happens. But I mean, man, what a disaster that 2019 offseason was. So they have to do something this time around. And I think the, I, I think Dallas media in general did a good job of like putting the pressure on this front office the last few weeks uh because typically cuban just kind of brushes things off and you know there's we didn't really expect anything to change but everybody was pretty much on the same page these last few weeks it's like look (laughs) there's no excuses this time around luca he's gonna go into his last year on a rookie deal uh if you're gonna make a big move you need to do it now because going here forward yeah you can make some changes but uh you know, your, your opportunity is greater before that max extension kicks in
6: with Luka. So they need to do something now. So uh, Dalton, I was just going to say so I, I agree with everything you said. And my biggest thing is, you know, when you go big fish chasing, right, you get good players because you can trade them if you need a clear cap. Like if Bojan Bogdanovich and Jazz wanted to get rid of them. We would, of course, be trying to get in that, especially if they're just trying to rid cap for a bigger fish. So I don't understand why people, it's like, oh, we need to save this cap because you can always trade good players. But the the other thing I just want to mention quickly was my measuring stick of this GM search will be how hard we go after Masai. Because if there's a lot of reports linking us to him, and it's saying that Cuban really wants to get him, that means Cuban is willing to give up control. Because Masai is not going to come here with Cuban having that much influence. And I saw people bringing up Michael Finley, who I love, but I'm just so afraid that it would be the same situation. Yeah, Um, that's a uh,
2: great point. Yeah, that that's a great point. I think if if Masai Ujiri is going to come to Dallas, like you said, Cuban's going to have to to let go of the reins more. Uh, and I agree. I mean, look, I think Michael Finley would do a great job in that role. But like you said, he's been with the franchise so long, and he's he's buddy buddy with Cuban, and you know that would be the worst possible scenario. If I don't think it would be if they were left to do their job, but I just think like there's too much of a connection there with Cuban to where there would be too much meddling. Uh, he, it would be that like Christian said, it'd be kind of the same thing <laughs> than, when, than like when you had Donnie r- calling the shot. So, uh, okay. Next up, we've got Nick, Nick. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. How you guys doing? Uh, we're making it. It's, uh, we didn't expect to be doing this pod today. We were, We were saving our uh, upgrading the Mavericks thing for tomorrow, but hey, GM got fired.
5: (laughs) Yep.
3: Well, I was just wanting to kind of look at it from that direction of there being too many hands in the pot as it is. And part of me wonders if we chased the wrong guy out of the building. Um, I'm just worried that there's something in this Dallas air that makes these owners need to be the smartest person in the room. And I just – fear that we're chasing off Donnie who you know when the real problem is really Mark Cuban and potentially this Bob Valgaris guy well I, I think that the I, I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying because I, I also think that Cuban's the biggest problem the issue that you run into with that is that you can't chase the owner out of the room because he's already the most powerful person in the organization and Cuban, especially being the he's he's the real GM. We know this, um, but he's the decision maker. Everything goes through him, so it's it's kind of hard to just chase him out of the room. And you know, I I, I agree that he needs to take a step back in all this. But you know, Donnie is not um, Donnie's not absolved of any of any problems here. I mean, he's 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 been as big of an issue as anybody else.
2: And can, um, I, can I add something? The only real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Let me just add this real quick too. I I don't know anything. I mean, I me me and Bob Volgaris, we've talked a little bit through Twitter DMs over the last couple years, and I mean, he seems like a good dude and everything. But can I just can I just put this out there? Like, if the reports of Luca having any issues with him are true, and you know he's been part of this roster building process, at least you know signing off on. Are giving his best wishes on moves being made and everything. He's been just a part of, as much of a part of it as Donnie. And if Luca has any issues with him whatsoever, he should be gone too. And we had uh, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer. He said on a, I guess it's not locker room anymore, Spotify green room earlier today, uh, that he was hearing that Volgaris was out as well, but there's been com- conflicting reports there. There hasn't been anything confirmed. But his contract was also up this year, so it may be one of those things where he just kind of, where the math just don't hire him, and then there's no news of him being fired, of you know them parting ways or anything like that. So that that's that's what I think. If there's any kind of uh, animosity between him and, and Luca, you let Volgaris go immediately. You know, you can find somebody else to come in and. And and you know do your analytics stuff and everything because honestly I don't know how much Rick listens to that anyway.
3: (laughs) Well, based on the Cato story, Rick was being handed lineup cards.
2: Yeah, but I'm I'm sure they're going from. Yeah, but I'm sure they're going from Rick's hand into a trash can most of the time. (laughs) I don't know the way Rick is, but
3: what what we do know based off Cato's piece is that. One, he was the one that was behind the signing of DeLon Wright talking about Bob Ogueris and and putting him in a starting spot next to Luca, which happened for exactly one game before he was immediately sent to the bench and subsequently traded the next offseason because he was garbage. And then the other ones that we know about are he was responsible for drafting Josh Green, which I don't hate Josh Green by any means. I think he's going to be fine. But he was the one making that decision. He was the one that made the Tyrell Terry decision who, I he didn't play a single game this season and there's, there's other ones as well. I mean, he's, he's responsible for what this roster is just as much as Donnie is. So we can't let him off the hook. He's if, if he is taking power away from the coach and telling the coach who to put on the floor, telling the coach what the substitution patterns are. And he's sitting there with his laptop telling Luca to calm down in the middle of the game or leaving the court with two minutes left when the Mavs are in the middle of a comeback, like all these things that, you know, Cato says in his piece, then he needs to be out of here yesterday. Not just, not not tomorrow, yesterday.
4: I couldn't agree more. I, my fear, too, is
3: if, you know, like if Luca doesn't like him, he needs to be out. This 2019 offseason that we have all talked about being just absolutely horrible, it seems like he may have had a big influence on that as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even before they officially hired Volgaris, he was still an advisor. You know, from what I've from what I've read. Uh, so even before he was officially an employee for the Mavs in the quantitative analytics, whatever his title was, he was still supposedly in Cuban's ear about stuff. And uh, you know, Cuban was taking advice from him and everything. So I don't know. I just another thing I wanted to. Pitch in here about the uh, Masai Ujiri idea because I saw somebody in the in the chat mention it earlier. But if you get a guy like him, then you look at the free agency pool this summer. It gets your foot in the door with guys like Kyle Lowry or Demar Derozan. You know we know that he has a great relationship with those players. Uh, it gets it potentially gets your foot in the door with a guy like Kawhi, who you know, unfortunately, we we got that news today that. Uh, they fear that he has some kind of ACL injury. He's out indefinitely. But you know, even if even if he does have an ACL injury, if he's <laughs> if you have a chance to sign Kawhi Leonard uh, in the off season, you do it. You know, it's kind of like KD with the with the Nets. They they took a chance on him uh, with him missing a year, and look what happened. So. Uh, you potentially get your foot in the door there. I'm not saying it happens. I'm just saying like your chances of it happen increase if you end up with Messiah as your as your GM. So I don't know. Maybe maybe this is like my pipe dream. I, I put out these pipe dream trade articles every year, and I've even got some cooking up for our next pod. And uh, I'm gonna write a couple. And pieces. That's why we love you, Dalton. Yeah, I know. That's part of my that's part of my thing here, but. I feel like the Masai Ujiri thing is like my pipe dream for front office stuff, but who knows? I mean, I think it all depends. Mark Cuban can throw all the money he wants to at Ujiri, but like we've said, if, if he isn't willing to, you know, let go of the power a little bit and let him let Ujiri completely call the shots and form the roster the way he wants to and, you know, take some chances that maybe Cuban might not want to take with it, you know, stuff like that. That's the only way that it would happen. And I don't know if Cuban's willing to do that. But, but I will say, Matt, uh, I wasn't, I didn't think Cuban would, uh, would part ways with Donnie Nelson either. And here we are.
3: Yeah. I mean, you, you have to think that, uh, you know, one of the things that I think is just hilarious about this whole, whole situation is that literally two days ago, Cato comes out with this report, and Cuban quote tweets him, which for Cato, no matter what Cuban says, is just a gold mine because he's like Kirk told us the other day. I mean, he made a good point. Cuban is retweeting a story about him that's criticizing him to 4.8 million people or whatever Cuban's sort of eight. following is. So that over hey, over eight million. <laughs> it's 8.4. I, I, I was dyslexic with the numbers anyway. But what's funny about this whole situation is that. Cato comes out with that story on Monday. Cuban quote tweets him and says this is total bullshit. And then two days later, donnie has gone. Haralabar might be gone. <laughs> like everybody involved in the story is, is gone.
2: So is it total bullshit? Obviously not. <laughs> Obviously not. It's yeah. You know, it, it's very funny that we got uh, that we got that kind of response from the the Cato article and then <laughs> literally less than 48 hours i think it's less than 48 hours uh this happens and it just rocks everybody on mav twitter and i haven't got to listen to any actual radio stuff but i'm sure they i'm sure they've they've been having a day too but <laughs> i mean it's just crazy so yeah i mean look that nick we appreciate you coming on and uh and talking with us for a little bit um uh, that's really going to do it for this episode, guys. We we're going to come back on before uh, the end of the week, and we're going to do our second installment of the upgrading the Maverick series. This week, we're going to be talking about uh, big man upgrades. Uh, let's see who who Rashawn Holmes, uh, a trade potential trade for Miles Turner. Uh, we have some good info there that I think y'all really want to you know tune in and check out. So. Uh, it's going to be a fun rest of the week, and it's going to be a fun rest of the off season, especially now that we know that Donnie Nelson's out, and there's going to be a new GM and a new president and all that stuff. So, lots of fun, uh, Matt. You have anything else to add before we take off?
3: No, I think we're all good. Um, I I'm just excited about the the new direction of the franchise, hopefully, um, and what this could be setting in motion. We just have to see if the next steps are going to be taken. And and that's, you know, it's just going to have to wait and see from there.
2: Yep. Yep. Uh, free agency is in about, is in about six weeks, I believe. So it's, it's going to go by fast. Uh, Once the draft comes around, which is at the end, end of July, that's when you start seeing teams start trading and all that kind of good stuff. So should be fun. We'll see what happens. Uh, you guys, be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, if you haven't already, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, go leave us a review and put your either your Twitter or your Instagram ad on there, and it automatically enters you for a chance to win one of our uh, comfort color T shirts. So, and we've given out a ton of those over the last two weeks. So be sure to do that. It takes about you know ten seconds. And uh, you'll be entered for a T-shirt. So, all right, guys, appreciate it. Y'all have a great rest of your week. We will see you within the next 48
1: hours for another pod. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute.